neuro-linguistic programming. What does that mean? Welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast, making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. Hi, it's Colin here, and welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast. Today, I'm having a chat with a friend, a colleague called uh, Jason, Jason Duff. He runs a, a business in the Peterborough area, um, keeping HR simple. We recorded this. We, we started out as really, we were just going to have a bit of a chat about um, some courses that he's recently been on. He's done some uh, neuro-linguistic programming. It's something that he's done before, but he went on the course uh, again fairly recently to sort of uh, bring his knowledge and his approach uh, up to date. And we, we started off really, I suppose, talking about how, how was he going to bring that particular product, I suppose, to market for himself so that he can run it out. And, and I must admit, I'm, I'm quite interested in working with Jason on that moving forward. But the conversation just evolved, really, and we just uh, we just got talking about the interaction between health and safety and HR and how much overlap there was, and we spoke about communication, lots and lots of other things. Hey, hey, look, have a listen, see what you think, and then um, maybe have a bit of a chat at the end. Anyway, um, welcome to Jason Duff. Jason, can you um, introduce yourself, introduce your company, tell us a little bit about what uh, Keeping HR Simple does? Sure, well, uh, hopefully the, the, the clue is in the name, uh, <laughs> Keeping HR Simple. I often say that's who we are, that's what we do, mm-hmm. followed by the why we do it. Catherine and I have uh, had the business now for, for 10 years. Mm-hmm. We both sort of came out of uh, commercial lives and had experienced um, how businesses, business owners, etc., were getting really tied up in, in the smoke and mirrors of, of a lot of like, HR stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I think it's not the, the, the HR that's really changed or the employment law. It's actually the culture that's changed. Mm-hmm. So we decided very simply we wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. We wanted to keep it simple, yep. uh, not make it simpler, but uh, yeah, just to make it simple, you know, usable. You know, people could use it to benefit their businesses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we do general practice, you know, kind of HR documents, policy procedures, monthly memberships. We do training. We've got a bit of recruitment going on in the business, etc. But our principal driver is to help people run better businesses, just like yourself. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, for me, helping you know fellow business owners sleep at night. Fantastic. Okay, um, we're going to do a bit of a have a bit of a chat today, um, talking about how I suppose how health and safety uh, and HR can sort of link together. Sure. You're, you're up for that, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Well, we'll get into it. So, how was your week or your seven days? Uh, well, the NLP training course. It was um, something I've done before. Um, in my corporate life, I'd done lots of trainings mm-hmm. which were based around NLP. Now, bearing in mind this was about nine in the kind of 90s when NLP was really sort of starting to come out of America. And mm-hmm. uh, not a lot of people really, really knew what it really was. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of scepticism about it. But some people took the basis of what NLP is, which is actually a very ethical practice, mm-hmm. And we're putting it into kind of commercial environments, predominantly to, to influence people, because you, you can influence people ma- massively. Okay. And my, so my first experience was in a corporate world, and I would say the, the ethics of the application of that, probably not entirely genuine, you know. Okay. So, but it intrigued me, mm-hmm. and I, it intrigued me to pick up some books, and then other things happened. But around 2001, I then... Um, Massive life change. Mm-hmm. And, and I was really looking for some personal help, you know, to get me back on track. And um, I was just rifling through some stuff one day and I found some old NLP books. Mm-hmm. So, and I started to read it and started to research. So I actually did my first NLP practitioners course over 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Okay. 
And I found it was immensely helpful. And it was very much a personal journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you find that most people that do that, do it, do it for very personal reasons because you are working completely at the subconscious level, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff right inside you. Mm-hmm. So my recent experience of training was really more of a refresher. But equally, the great thing was that I'd been talking to Catherine and over the years I've helped Catherine with various beliefs and limiting beliefs and likes to dislikes and kind of a bit of change, you know, kind of personal change work with her. And her kind of converter experience, a convincer, was that um, she saw um, some guys for some hypnotherapy, because I'm also a trained hypnotherapist as well, and uh, she struggled to fill a driving test. And she, you know, I said, well, I I don't think I can, I'm the best person to help you. So she Mm. went to see a couple of guys who I knew, and they... (coughs) helped her conquer her fear over a driving test. Wow. And they anchored it in such a way that when she put her hands on the, on the steering wheel, all her nerves just dropped away. Oh, yeah. And she fell, she sailed through. <laughs> so it's always been a massive interest for me. So the recent te- the recent course was very much for me about consolidating what I'd learned and actually wanting to take the next step because I'm, I'm back in that kind of position again where I need to grow myself again. So I see NLP as a, as a toolkit really to help you grow yourself. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about it, because it's, you know, there's a lot of ethics and the ecology of it, it's all about helping others. And you actually did the course with Catherine. Yes, yeah. we did it. As, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, which was, I was a bit, you know, how's this yeah. going to work? But yeah. the group of people we had, it, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a very religious person. You know, I'm not kind of very spiritual at all. However, as I get older, you know, I'm starting to think about the wider world and wider world of life. And, yep. you know, certain things have been happening to me lately that, you know, this theory about the universe and we're all kind of one, mm-hmm. it's a big thing, big concept to grasp. But mm-hmm. I, I can speak from personal experience that lots of things have been happening to me of late mm-hmm. that I'm just going with it. Mm. You know, the universe is delivering. I'm very happy. I, I'm, I'm listening to um, some content at the minute. And it's about meditation and it's about um, yoga, etc. Mm-hmm. And I was just driving in this morning thinking, you know, oh, yeah, I might go back to Pilates and think about yoga and stuff. And, and, I've, and I'm picking up a meditation again. And this morning I'm at a business meeting and a guest is a yoga instructor. Uh, oh. And they give, me the, they give me their card. I'd be really interested. I mean, Tracy you know, myself have been talking about, <laughs> you know, I've been talking about doing something like that, you know, and it's a really, 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 really interesting. It, it? it is. But how, you know, it just, it just sort of comes then, doesn't it? You it, know, you're thinking about it and then it comes. It, it's, an, it's an amazing thing. Mm. So, because, uh, you know, I, for, for business owners and mm. where, you know, we, 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 Catherine and I took the course and we were very fortunate because the group of people that we went on the course with, there was five of us. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. You could not have asked for a better group of people. So, mm. Catherine and I didn't work a lot together. We worked together on four or two things because you have to really kind of do a hundred percent. You can't. It's not something you can do. You know, dabbling. Mm-hmm. You have to commit to it because you are dealing with the unconscious and you you use your own examples to to go through the the, <coughs> the practicing techniques. You know, all the different things you practice and learn. You use mm-hmm. your, yourself as the best example because the, the thing about um, you know NLP is, is you go first. So mm-hmm. you know, as a trainer, as a coach, as a, a counselor, etc. The philosophy is that you know I go first. Mm. So, and I do genuinely believe in that, and I, I endorse it in our business. I would not ask the girls or anybody in our team to do anything I would not be prepared or have not done myself. And okay. I've always done that. Mm-hmm. So that was easy for me. So working with Kathy, fantastic, and we've seen some really early day results and little things like you know uh, she hasn't picked up a bar of chocolate in you know since the course and. I've cut my red wine consumption right the way down, and mm. little things that would really bother me 
not bother me anymore. Okay. You know, because I've had a little bit of mind, it's all about mindset, changing mm-hmm. mindset. Really so it's, it's been really, really good. And also working with Catherine on it, it's been yeah. really good as well. So so what are you looking to do with it then in your, in, you know, in the, in the sort of business? Because a part of what we were going to do today, I mm. think, was you were going to talk about maybe how you, you can mm. help support people like myself to, with the programme. Yeah. Well, as you know, Connie, running your own business, as business owners, you know, we are faced with, with lots of challenges, you mm-hmm. know, and you wear all the hats and you take all the responsibility. And, and particularly in today, the, the amount of information that we have to deal with, the pace that we have to deal with, etc. I think, and, and, and I read a, a staggering statistic about the number of businesses that burn out after 10 years and business owners that burn out after 10, year, mm-hmm. after 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a staggering statistic, 93%. Wow. You know, okay. do really, don't get far past 10, 10 years. And mm-hmm. I really believe that's because the business owners are probably knackered, mm-hmm. overwhelmed. Uh, and so for me, that initial going back to the kind of the NLP training was about giving myself some headspace, making some space for myself to be so I could think, so I could work on the business, mm-hmm. you know, getting things back into perspective, you know, getting some me time, you know, and, and, and I don't mean that in a selfish kind of way because I believe I can't perform to my best and help and support the team to my best unless I don't look after me first, you mm-hmm. know. There's no point in trying to look after everybody else and yeah. neglecting myself, first mm-hmm. of all. Uh, not in a selfish way. If I look at, if, I, if I'm in good shape, yep. I'm good shape for everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for me, it's a real kind of personal journey. But then I see a lot of what we do with our clients. I see a lot of our clients and business owners I network with and go and see, very much in a similar space. They're they're overworked, they're stressed out, they they've got you know massive deadlines or got massive commitments, etc. They've got this sense of overwhelm, etc. And they're not creating the space for them to to think. Mm-hmm. So my plan as part of what we do, because it is really to help business owners sleep better at night. Mm. You know, I've had many, 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 many sleepless nights about, you know, their business, where we are employing people, what's going on, et cetera. And it's not a pleasant place to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I can help any of our clients or any business owner or any person mm-hmm. to be able to think, you know, you know, I can relax. It's, mm. You know, I can deal with this. I've got this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just get that kind of, in a space created so they can think more clearly, they're going to be more effective for themselves, mm-hmm. going to be more effective for the business and the staff, okay? They're going to be a lot happier at home yep. in the relationships mm-hmm. and they'll probably run better businesses. And, and very much like your ethos, you know, we are driven, like exactly like you you guys are, help our clients run a better business. Yeah, without a doubt. And, what, I mean, how how far down the sort of the, the management chain do you think this pro- process can be effective? Are you just aiming at the people at the very top of the business or are you, are you looking to run different programs for, for different levels of management and maybe down even to employees? That's a really good question. My initial thoughts, just my instant reaction would be probably working with our directors, owner directors, because we know that, as you probably know, that um, sometimes as the business owner, it's a very isolating place. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, you can be a very lonely place. Mm. I'm lucky that I have Catherine to work with as my wife and business partner, but even sometimes we want a bit of separation to mm. talk to somebody completely outside of the business yeah, to, yeah. and ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as well with you, with obviously with Tracy. So mm. it can be an isolating place. So my original thoughts were my peers, my business owners, but there's no reason why that can't cascade down to management and indeed individuals. And to be fair, I'm just thinking about two individuals, employees. Now you mentioned it, 
you know, had some very serious issues with confidence and, and self-esteem, and one was actually put onto suicide watch. Right. Okay. It was that bad. Mm. So there's a very good example whereby we could potentially do some work with the employee mm. around the beliefs, you know, the limiting beliefs and their confidence and the self-esteem and getting them back on track. So it really is open to anybody, um, but I think we're going to focus on that kind of tier of manager, middle management and, and employee. Because some, I mean, one of the, one of the things that, that 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 we try to do in our business when we're going out and talking to our clients is actually get down into the sharp end of the business. And, yeah. and you've used the word confidence there, and that's just really really interesting because, um, you know, one of the things that we try to do is we try to give the employees confidence to mm. to push back, confidence to challenge a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's all very very much work based, you know, work environment. Where I think what you're talking about is going a much much further than that. It is um, within the kind of the NLP model. Whilst it's all about, a lot of it's work about your unconscious mind. So the, the, the thought is you, you, you have two minds and your conscious mind operates about 10% of what, what we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's 90% that's unconscious. Mm-hmm. So that's your breathing as you are now. You don't think about yep. breathing, breathe out. You yep. know, you don't think about your body temperature, but you probably do now because I've mentioned it and right. you're now aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this stuff comes in and out of your conscious mind. Mm-hmm. Working with individuals there are some very pragmatic and really good management tools mm-hmm. in, in, in the NLP model, particularly mm-hmm. around questioning and drilling in, into getting information because you have to real drill into the person's kind of thinking to actually find out what it is they're actually trying to understand. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things. I, if, I was te- if I had the opportunity to, to talk to a management team, there's one around questioning, one question exercise. I would train that all day long, if mm-hmm. nothing else, because... Mm-hmm. If you question, as you know in your job, if yeah. you can question what's happening there, for what reason, how long has it been going on, yeah. you know, how do we start doing that, how is it chat? You, you get so much more, don't you? Um, it's really interesting. I mean, you know, we, I mean, we spoke a little while ago at a presentation that we did, and there's the the old five Y technique. Yes. And, uh, and and we were talking about how how is a much better question than than why. Why. And yeah. uh, and I've experienced that. And I, I did a, a session recently with uh, with a company where they'd had an incident, mm. and we didn't point the finger. We mm. are, we asked the question, "How do we get to this state?" Yeah. And so much came out of that yeah. by just asking the how question yeah. rather than asking the why question. Yeah. You know, there was no defensive there. People just told us exactly. You know, it was exactly. It was what, what we we ban why from our office, and okay. we ban why from with clients. And mm. I, I believe the reason that is is because well, it's a, honestly, it's a positional question. Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need it. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But generally, the the how is going to ask you know get a much better response, mm. and uh, because I don't think people necessarily make bad decisions. I think we all you know the primary driver of the unconscious mind is is to do good and protect ourselves. Yep. But often it will manifest itself in a very in a very negative way, mm-hmm. and particularly in mediation terms. You know, kind of um, in the mediation work I do, we are presented with a, a negative scenario mm-hmm. but when you track it back to the, the flashpoint there was probably something quite inane and quite innocent that actually had a very good intention but mm-hmm. it then manifested itself in a, in a big issue so, mm-hmm. so going back to what you were just saying about how to apply this at a sort of deeper level practical stuff all day long but there are some deeper stuff that we can work in with mm-hmm. people now because mm-hmm. ultimately people are people yep the brain, the sponge in our head, hasn't changed in millennia. No. You know, we are operating the same guiding system that they did thousands of years ago. Our environment's changed massively. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to go and hunt and gather our food anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that fight or flight response 
doesn't work in that way to kind of protect our camp and go and look for food, etc. We go to Sainsbury's and buy a packet and, mm-hmm. you know. So now that kind of fight or flight response has manifested itself into everyday scenarios, which leads to kind of conflict. And conflict doesn't have to be toe-to-toe, kind of, you mm-hmm. know, the full hairdryer. Yeah, yeah. You know, it can be very subtle. And, and mm-hmm. particularly in workplace terms, mm-hmm. that's where that, gets driven, mm-hmm. that wedge, initial wedge gets driven, and that's where communication breaks down, then your operation breaks down, and, and so it goes. So to be able to rein it right the way back, and then if we found that, for example, there was an individual that had some real confidence issues, you know, or perceived to have confidence issues, or perceived that actually I can't talk to that person because, mm-hmm. when you take that away and it's not personal, mm-hmm. it's amazing how the whole kind of scenario will just fall apart because... Mm-hmm. Everything is built on perception. Mm-hmm. I perceive what's going on, therefore I'm going to respond. One of the biggest things I learned from NLP, personally and professionally as a manager, and I wish I'd known some of this stuff a long time ago, is that once you understand the mechanics of the mind, how it works, how, you, how your mind works, and how that, how that develops your kind of perception of the world, and you behave in that manner, mm-hmm. okay, you project that perception and manner to others, and they will perceive what they believe. Mm. And the, the moment you start mind reading what's actually going on, and we mind read pretty much 80% of the day, everybody does it, I do it, we all do it. When you start mind reading the situation and jump into the conclusion yep. without getting more information, that's where the big mm. root cause for me is. Now, if we can deal with that, we're going to make communication. So I, I talk about communication being an investment. Yeah, It needs to be rich. Mm. Your communication needs to be rich with content, really good quality content to get a really good quality response. Mm. We are very lazy in our communications, therefore we get very poor responses. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about perception again, you know, you know, when I go into a lot of businesses, the perception of the guys at the sharp end of the business is totally different to, to the aims and, 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 and direction of the business compared to the people at the top. And, and what you've got in the middle is you've got this tier of, of people yeah. that are like sponges and they're and they're taking the message from upstairs yeah. and doing something with it and and taking the response from from below and doing something with it and it gets muddied doesn't it completely and is it any wonder because you know any group of people we're all operating our own model of the world mm. right, we've got our own little operating system no two systems are the same mm-hmm. you know so how can unless without really clear concise direction communication can you have everybody singing on the same page? And uh, as you know, I mean, if when we go into clients and we say, well, you know, what are the key things that we need to work on here? Communication is always in there. Mm. If it's not number one, it's number two. And it's always a massive frustration, isn't it? It is. Every, everybody yeah. you talk to mm. in the business says, oh, communication is crap. It's almost one of those things, it doesn't matter how good you get at it, mm. there's always going to be a perception there that it could be better. And it probably can, can't it? it? it I 100% agree. And, and I think the problem, and my response to that, when I hear employees and staff saying, oh, communication is really bad, mm. I often say, well, who's responsible for that? Mm. Mm-hmm. And they'll point the finger at somebody and say, well, hang on a minute, communication is a two-way thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're responsible just like anybody else. When was the last time you asked a, a proper question or had a proper, asked for a proper meeting to discuss stuff, etc.? Mm. Oh, well, never, I don't bother. So <laughs> if companies or employees or individuals mm-hmm. want to have, a, I believe, a, a better interaction with anybody, Mm. friends, family, you know, people down the shop, work colleagues, whatever it might be, 
you've got to take responsibility and um, communicate better. Mm -hmm. The definition of communication is the response that you get. Right. So if you're not getting the response that you desire, chances are you're not communicating to the person the right way. You're not asking the right, not asking the right question, you know. Yeah. No, no. Or even behaving in the right way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I think being a great communicator is about being very chameleon-like, mm -hmm. being able to adapt. Mm. And also, uh, kind of in mediation terms, what they, what they train you to do is you get deployed in situations which probably can right off the scale, you know, child protection issues, drugs issues, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I've got my kind of prejudices, as we all have, mm -hmm. but, you know, in order to get a really good line of communication to solve the problem, you've got to put those aside. Mm. You've got to put your opinion aside. Not saying that you lessen your values or your morals, etc., but you've just got to put that aside so that you can genuinely take on the other person's point of view. Mm. You don't have to change your stance. You don't have to change your position. And I think... I have empathy in it. Empathy is, mm. is one of the best tools to use when you communicate mm. with people. Mm. It's such a disarmor, diffuse. It's like trying to have a boxing match with two guys in the same corner. Mm. You, you can't do it, you know. Mm. So, yeah, for me, it was a massive change in... I used to have a lot of anxiety, you know, growing up. Mm -hmm. I used to be quite abrasive. I, I used to really sort of kick out and lash out quite a bit with my younger years, etc. Mm -hmm. And it was only going through that whole kind of cycle of the NLP, the mediation, the training, learning about real proper communication, mm. my whole life changed, mm -hmm. you know, and, and and it's still changing today and mm. it's a lot better place for it, mm. without a doubt. So how, um, you know, I mean, take just take me as a, as a, as a case study then. Okay. You know, what would you, how would you go about working with me on something like this on your programme? You know, sure. what, how does it work? Well, the first thing to do is kind of a, a detailed personal history, okay. you know, because That'd be interesting. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we might skip over a few like, few chapters. <laughs> like, um, you know, old Rika Johnson has got uh, has got has got four children from four different uh, yes. four different yeah, fathers. Yeah. Well, I'm she's her four by four. Well, I'm I'm two by two. <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> and Tracy as a, as isn't the, isn't the mother to either of my well, children. <laughs> so yeah, so there's a bit of history there, but uh, but it's maybe who I am. Yeah, but the thing was, is, we all have history, yeah. and the, this is the great thing about it. You know, people, I think people. People, myself included, you know, we all get very hung up about, you know, what everybody else is does and doing, whatever the people think. Mm -hmm. I can tell you now, most people are not thinking about you at all. No. We're all thinking about ourselves, yeah, you know. Yeah. So this, this again, this misconception that I'm not going to do this because I'm afraid of what people will think of me. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about you really, no. you know. And if they, if they weren't supporting you, is their opinion really of any value to you? Mm -hmm. no. no. So and that's, but that's some people, and for me, that was a bit of a big gig to. To grasp, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I thought, wow. But first off, we will start with a per personal history. And, and really, you know, in my view, there are no problems, really. Only if a problem is presenting itself in such a way that it's giving you a negative result. Mm -hmm. So in, in terms of kind of emotions, anger, anxiety, etc. Because actually, sometimes it is appropriate to be angry. Mm -hmm. It is appropriate to be have anxiety, mm -hmm. you know. It's appropriate to be confident sometimes, uh, overconfident, underconfident. All those are appropriate, but where we work would work is is with the individual to find out where they are in the term of state, the state of mind, what the pressures are, and question those to find out if actually that's having a positive or negative impact. Mm -hmm. uh, and where it's positive, absolutely fine. We would we would sanitise that, and that, that's fine. But where somebody might be having a bit of anxiety about it, or in a kind of dichotomy of do I do this or do I do that? And as a result of that, you're getting some anxiety and therefore you're not sleeping. Mm -hmm. 
that's a really good area. So well, let's have a look at that. Let's drill into that and let's have a look and understand for what reason that decision is keeping you awake at night. Because mm-hmm. clearly that's your unconscious mind going on over time because mm-hmm. there must be a load of value in it for some reason because if, if it didn't matter, if you didn't care about it, mm-hmm. you'd sleep easy. Yeah. So we would uncover that mm-hmm. um, and then decide a plan to say, right, okay, well, we'll look at these various parts and then just decide on a strategy because there's loads of tools uh, how do you, um, um, you know, because people, and, and I suppose men maybe more so than women, but I might be wrong there, might be, but aren't that open all the time? You know, it's very, very rare that that a, that a man will go to the doctors about something, you know, that, so mm. statistically, I don't know the numbers, mm. but so, you know, it, how, do, how, do you, how do you open me up, as it were, you know, mm. to get me to lay, lay bare? That's a really good question. And there's a myth about so NLP, hypnotherapy, et cetera, that it's a, it's a do-to process. All right. It's not a do-to process okay, at all. Right okay. Okay. It's a do-with process. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I cannot make you do anything that you don't want to do mm-hmm. in an NLP or hypnotherapy kind of point mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. This stuff that you see on the stage, okay, and the people like Darian Brown, etc., who's immensely talented, absolutely, but to get somebody to ride that chair around this room like a derby winner, mm. I can't. Nobody can make you do that. You right. know, there's a lot of pre-qualification and stuff that goes on and sobriety tests, mm-hmm. you know, in the audience to find the people that are susceptible yep. or, or most susceptible and actually in their deep unconscious are happy to get up on stage and do something. Do something yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I can't make you do anything. Mm-hmm. So that's good old-fashioned questioning. You need to catch people at the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. They, they need to want to change. I still, not as much, but I get calls in January with people that want to um, give up smoking. Because I did a, I did a bit of coaching and counselling yeah. in the early days of the business. And um, give up smoking is a, is a common one. And the first question I ask is, how badly do you want to give up smoking? Mm. Oh, well, the family been on me over Christmas and they think I really should cut down, etc. So I thought I'd give it a go. Mm. Well, that's not, you know, and I say, look, you know, mm. on a scale of one to ten, oh, six or seven. Mm. Well, well, call me when it's a ten or an eleven because until you at that point, I can't help you. You know, so unless people really are committed to doing it, it's a challenge. Mm. Um, I have worked with some people that have been quite close and quite reluctant, but it's about building rapport. Mm-hmm. About you know, not and I can't help everybody, and if I couldn't help somebody, I'd signpost them somebody I thought they could be helped by. Mm-hmm. So it's very much about fit, it's about rapport, and it's about questioning and just get, digging deeply, mm-hmm. um, and just letting the person take time to. Un- Unwind, mm. and, and sometimes you can do that in a in, in, a, in an hour or a couple of hour session. And one guy helped; he had a quite a bad back trauma um, mm-hmm. for a car accident. I had to work about six weeks before he really said something quite pivotal in the conversation. Mm. You know, and he felt relaxed enough to be able to talk about talk mm. about his accident. Mm. So it's different for different people. It's really interesting. I mean, I I've always had a bit of a battle with weight, well, quite a big battle with weight, mm. as uh, as you can see, and. Um, I, I went on a program a while ago, and uh, I, I went over and got um, got weighed, and uh, and I hadn't lost any weight that particular that particular <laughs> week, and uh, and I can remember saying to the lady, oh, yeah, I need oh, I need to do better next week, and she said, well you won't, and I said, what do you mean? She goes, just the way you said it. Mm. She goes, you know, oh, I need to do better. And she goes, if you had said to me, I want to do better next mm. week, and she goes, I might have believed you. She mm. goes, but I don't I don't believe you. Mm. And she says, so you know, so you you know, it's down to you to. Mm. To want to do it, isn't it? It is. You know? It is. And obviously the word try, the influence of the word try, you know, mm. when you think about that, I'm mm. going to try and do it. Yeah. Well, try is not a commitment to do it. It's, yeah. you know, try and pick up a bit of paper. Well, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it, it, the way 
weight, and I just expect to sort of use it as an example, but it's a very easy example, but mechanics of the mind mm. for that are exactly the same for anything that you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And the way it was explained to me is that um, if you have a goal, let's say to lose weight, mm-hmm. uh, you then have a perception and a feeling and an association with where you are currently. And that, that represents itself, depending on your model of the world, with sounds, you know, if, if we were to talk about how you really, really associate to that and get to the kind of really deep level, it, you'd have sounds, you'd have pictures, you'd have feelings, you'd have emotions about how you feel about your current position, etc., and feel about weight, etc., mm-hmm. and your health, etc. And you may well think, I'm, I'm going to do something about that, and you start to diet, okay? Mm-hmm. But all the time you are focused on where you're coming from, mm-hmm. okay? So as you move away from your present and move towards the future, you put a bit of distance between where you were and where mm-hmm. you're going but you're facing still back mm-hmm. at the old image the old associations okay okay yeah. and this is why people go because they get away and they start to lose weight mm-hmm. okay and you get to a point where oh fantastic transformation and they stop and they then they start gravitating back that's me to the old self. <laughs> yeah yeah so that yo you get a yo-yo effect mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so my yo-yo though is just sort of at the bottom now yeah <laughs> 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 with a six pack and, uh, and a pizza yeah. <laughs> so 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 you get this yo-yo effect and, 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 and the reason and this kind of just this was like a, a real light bulb moment for me for, for other things I've done because I've been a bit of a yo-yo for various things yeah. as well you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. We, as we all are for yeah. saving and money management and work ethic and mm. just you know we all are and, you know so you stay very attached and associated with with where you are where you want to move away from mm-hmm now, there's two reasons why people make change. It's either the compelling argument or compelling compulsion of desire to move forward. Yep. You love to do it, you want to do it. Or it's a pain point that you want to move away from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So generally, in that scenario, most people have still got the pain point. They're, they're, it's a painful thing to move away mm-hmm. from where they want to be. Mm-hmm. So in weight loss terms, what you need to be thinking about purely and simply is just being healthier. Mm. And focus on being healthier, and turn your back on the past yeah, yeah, because yeah. the past, the past is gone. You can't change it. it, mm. it it's you know, we, and we only yeah. have our we only, we don't have the future. Mm. The future is an imagination, and mm. most people are anxi- anxious about the future because they imagine what it's going to be like. Mm. Well, nobody can predict the future. Okay. So we yeah. only have now, mm-hmm. this moment in time, yeah, in reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where the past is not serving you well, mm. we would go into that. Okay. And change the thinking about that, and we can drop little things into the people's thinking <coughs> strategy. Mm-hmm. Change people's association of that. Turn them three uh, 180 degrees around and focus on being healthy mm. and adopt new habits, etc. And by default, done right and correctly and ethically, etc. You should improve your health. Mm-hmm. Now, as to where you want to achieve as a as weight, size, shape, gym, whatever you want to do, well, obviously that's just down to to time. Mm. But I see that principle and. So business, a lot of business owners want to grow their business. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to ask, how do we how do we turn this into, into yeah. the business side? But it's really it's really interesting. So mm-hmm. so a business owner wants to grow their business, mm. but they're frightened of letting go. Mm. Okay. And they will grow their business through kind of hard, sheer hard work and yeah. blood, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. But there's a limiting belief for a start. Mm-hmm. For what reason does it have to be blood, sweat, and tears? Mm-hmm. Why can't it be just easy and effortless? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So when you start thinking in, and I've got I've gone through that. Mm. So rather than kind of keep looking at where the business is, you know, and, and all we're getting a bit short on cash, et cetera, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and how difficult it is, et cetera, yes, they progress, but they go so far, 
they fear letting go mm. and then they can't start gravitating back. Yeah. Yeah. The mm. thing is, we need to then turn that mindset around to how abundant the things that the company is going to do, the thing, you know, the, the objectives, the kind of the abundance factor, mm-hmm. the way life is going to be, mm-hmm. and disassociate with all the negative stuff that's not serving the business owner well mm. and actually focus on the stuff where they really want to go, which ultimately is going to be about choice, peace of mind, family time, mm-hmm. being relaxed, being calm, stress-free. And how, many, how many people have that in their, if they look at their business plan? How many people have those things in their business plan? Really? I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't it be lovely to see that? You know, I mean, that's that's our aim. Our aim in yeah. five years or three years or whatever it may be yeah. will be to be in a place where we achieve some of those things. Uh, uh, very few, if, if very few at all. Yeah, yeah I think mm-hmm. you're spot on with that yeah. as an observation. Yeah, no, very definitely. few. And, and, and I suppose the question is that also as business owners, for what other reason are we doing it? Mm. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, acquisition of material things, you know, it's all nice to have the nice car and the money in the house, et cetera, et cetera. But really, really, that's not what feeds the, the human psyche or the human soul. No. It's not. Mm-hmm. And that's why big people on big money in the city come out of it mm-hmm. and go and work for nothing at a charity. Yeah, right. Or we give, you know, or we want to do something, you know, right. and yeah. give back because yeah. we, we want to be touched and connected at a much, much deeper level with, mm-hmm. with, with our fellow human being. Mm-hmm. And that, I know that sounds very kind of fluffy <laughs> and grand and so on spiritual. I'm not a spiritualist in any way, shape or mm-hmm. form, but the older I get, I'm, I've, I hope the thing I've learned a few things. And I think, you know, it doesn't actually matter where you are in a business. It doesn't matter no. where you are in, a stru- in that structure. People are people. Yep. And, you know, and, and, and people have got, have got ambitions. Yep. And getting people to be able to, to be able to work in a way mm-hmm. that achieves those, those ambitions mm-hmm. in, in a nice way, you know, that'd be a lovely environment to be working in, wouldn't it? Well, to live in, you know. Mm. Um, was it Jim Rohn said, you've got to look after your body and your mind because it's the only place you've got to live. Mm. And I heard that many years ago, and it's mm. kind of really making sense to me, you know, th- mm. these days. I've met people with that are mega, mega rich, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I've met people that are poverty. Yep. Yeah. I've met people that are, in both those scenarios, both very happy and, and very unhappy, mm. you know. The differentiating factor between those people that are happy and unhappy is not what they have. Mm. It's who they are. It's the way they mm. think. Mm. You know, I've met people with nothing. They have very happy lives. Mm-hmm. I've met people with everything materialistically, very unhappy. Mm-hmm. You know, it is all about, you know, it doesn't matter where you are on the journey or where, you, you know, what is success to anybody. It's, 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 that's their own definition. It's about having that kind of sense and peace and, you know, ground. And I think the, the issue we've got is that, we are bombarded with so much information and expectation levels, particularly for millennials <coughs> and the younger generation coming through now. And we're going past millennials now. Mm. And for the first time, and this is where I see we, we've got a massive opportunity to help businesses because for the first time we have five generations uh, spanning 70 years in the workplace. Mm. Now, there's massive communication gaps and voids there because mm-hmm. you've got people that are what they call the traditionalists, who mm-hmm. are kind of what war and post-war, yep. you know, they're communicating with people that have grown up without, with all wars with the internet and iPhones and mm-hmm. et cetera, mm-hmm. and how the way they take information on. Now, there you've got a massive disparity in, in, in expectation levels. And mm-hmm. my, my view on, it, on expectation, if your expectations are not equally met and or managed, you're going to be disappointed. It's going to be frustration, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. If ever you've been disappointed, it's because your expectation has not been met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simple as that. It is as simple as that. And mm-hmm. I think 
that's the key. We, we are overcomplicating with all this technology mm -hmm. and all this stuff and all this information that's flying past us, etc. and the pace at which we have to, mm. well, we don't have to live at that pace. We can say, well, hang on a minute. Mm. You know? It's very difficult. I mean, there's this um, there's this term, a uh, fear of missing out, isn't yes. there? And I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. see that. I see that with my with my children yeah. an awful lot, you mm. know. And uh, you know, they're engaging with social media mm. all the time, mm. you know, because they they just want to be part of something. I suppose yes. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I, I agree. I think the um, missing out on it. I, I I totally get that. You know, so in terms of kind of for me personal development and and kind of self, you know, kind of looking after self first is that. We're surrounded by all external stimulus. Okay, social media is another external stimulus. Mm -hmm. Stimulus, satisfaction, peace, you know, that inner kind of confidence, etc. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come from an external force. No, it comes from it comes from an internal position, mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot, a lot, can I feel for a lot of? Um, I'm I'm quite concerned, healthily concerned um, for our little boy growing up. You know, what kind of world is he going to be mm -hmm. going into? But I really feel for a lot of young people growing up that the expectation level that everybody can be a star, everybody can be on be an X Factor winner, everybody can cut a record in the bedroom and be mega successful, you know, mm -hmm. and have mm -hmm. five million Instagram followers and twenty thousand million tweets, etc. And this expectation level, and particularly with kind of body image and you know, kind of what people should look and feel these days, the young people have got it hard actually. Mm -hmm. And I think this kind of they're constantly wanting the fix and not missing out on, uh, you know. And, and again, you know, when you think about social media, it's a powerful thing for good, but it's also a powerful thing for, for bad. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, I think in business as well, actually, view this stuff and they see a snapshot of other people's lives, you know, which is looking all fantastic and, you know, they, oh, look, they're doing so well, etc. When in reality, they're probably not. Mm. But that sets an expectation level that, mm -hmm. oh, I've, I've got to be there, I've got to be like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, no, you haven't. Mm. You've got to be yourself. So how do we, um, you know, I don't even know if, if it's the right term to say, that. how do we break that mould? You know, maybe we don't. I mean, right. these a lot of these things, you know, they work themselves out, don't they? You know, social mm. social media is at a stage of where it's at and mm. and it will evolve and it will change. Yeah. But when you say you're taking, taking your lad and, and my, my, my daughter who's, uh, who's 12, who's, who spends mm. a lot of time on it, what would you be saying to them if you were, you know, if you were talking to, to them about their interaction with social media? Mm. That's a really good question, actually. And it is something I've given a little bit of thought to, actually, just uh, of late. I think bringing a child up is one of the most, if not the biggest responsibility you can have as an adult. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can have children, that is the biggest responsibility. And, and my hope is that, you know, when I can release him into the world, as it were, you know, he'll be a rounded, conscientious, decent human being. Mm. And uh, we'll have a good grounding of his sense and purpose uh, and also, you know, the way he needs to act and interact with people around the world. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it scares the life out of me, some of this mm -hmm. stuff does. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've just got to be there constantly asking questions and, and just making sure that, you know, keeping a good eye on them, making sure they're going in the right direction, letting them make their own choices, letting them fail. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing about failure. In NLP terms, there's no such thing as failure. Right, okay. Okay, yeah. That's a bit of a, uh, an ailing thing to grasp for mm -hmm, some people that mm -hmm. failure doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. It's all about feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like trying to tune a radio in. Mm -hmm. You start to, oh, well, she looks at me old fashioned, oh, I'm tuning yeah. a radio in. Yeah. But, you know, you're trying. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you, you, you push your button down. <laughs> 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 
but you know, you do something and you do something, it doesn't go quite right first time. So I'll give you an example. Catherine said to me, she said, I'm no good at directions. I'm, I'm, she said, I'm crap at finding my way around. I'm no good at directions. Mm -hmm. And I said, right, I said, how many times have you set out from point A to go to point B and never arrived there? Mm. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, no, exactly that. How many times have you left from A to B but you've never arrived there. You've had to stop and come home and say, well, I, I can't get there. Yeah. She said, well, I've never had to. No. I said, so then for what reason do you believe that you are rubbish at direction? Because you always get there. Mm. Sometimes, yes, you go down a road that's not the right road. It's yeah. going in a different direction. But surely the signage tells you that. And then yeah. you, you correct your you correct your direction and you turn around or whatever it might be or mm -hmm. double back to where you know you were and then you find your way. So yeah. you always arrive and you always arrive on time. So mm. just... For my example, for what reason are you, uh, you know, not good at uh, finding a way around at the directions, etc.? Mm -hmm. So, when you think about it in failure terms, you know, when you think about it like that, where there, there's no such thing as failure, all you'll get and you try some, you get a bit of feedback. It's not quite right, mm -hmm. so you adapt what you do and then try again, mm -hmm. and it's that constant feedback loop. Mm -hmm. Because once and that was another big thing for me. Once I kind of took that out of the equation a whole other things just start to evolve and think, well, actually, I can have a go, and it doesn't matter. I think it's really, really interesting, that, because I think there's a sort of a new way of thinking from a health or safety perspective, yeah. and, and a lot of businesses are still focusing on accidents and incident rates and all yeah. that kind of stuff, yeah. and, you know, looking at it as a negative. But, but in actual fact, the majority the majority of days that, mm. that, that a business operates, mm. it does it well. Yes. It, doesn't, it yeah. doesn't have that failure. And so actually focusing in on that, on the positive, focusing yeah. in on the, you know, and asking that question, well, you know, I heard, I heard a guy called Todd Conklin talking um, recently. He's a, he's a, he's a, a podcaster over in, over in the States, mm. and he's really, really interesting, really interesting guy. And he, and he actually said, he goes, what gives you the confidence mm. That things are going to go well today, mm -hmm. because they're the things that you should be focusing in yeah. on, not on necessarily on, on what's going to go wrong. You yes. know, what gives you the confidence that things are going to go well? How would you apply that from your perspective in yeah. you know in the way that you do things? Well, it's that's a that's an interesting question. So, positive mindset. You mm -hmm. know, and I know there's a lot of I think there's a lot of glib stuff. Uh, you know, kind of promoted and talked about. So, you know, PMA, positive mental attitude, etc. Well, there is, but actually, there's there's something in it. If you think something's going to probably be a disaster, it probably will. Mm -hmm. Because what that does to you from, a, from an NLP point of view is that you, it puts you into a state. In, a state. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're constantly in a kind of state. So happy state, sad state, positive state, negative state, etc. Uh, now, as soon as you start to associate with being in a negative place, your behaviour and actions are probably going to cost, come across being very negative. Mm -hmm. So in, particularly when you're starting a workplace, for example, if quite rightly, if people are thinking negative about health and safety or, you know, accidents and incidents, et cetera, et cetera, they're probably going to be more susceptible to them because it's right on their radar. Okay. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. it's the old thing, don't trip. Mm. Now, we can't, or, right. or don't think of a blue tree. Yeah. Okay. Right. You're thinking of a blue tree because yeah, I said right, don't yeah. do it. So, mm. uh, so where this is, for, from, from the point of view, the moment you say don't do something, people tend to do it. Mm -hmm. Like kids, don't run off. Yeah. They're like, yeah. if you say stay close or hold my hand, mm. They'll do that. Mm. But at the moment you say, don't touch, don't eat. I'm, I'm working on my mum at the minute. Mm. I'm trying to banish her <laughs> from saying the word don't to our little boy. Because mm. the moment she says don't, he does it, you know. Yeah. But same with people. Exactly the same with people. You know, don't trip, don't fall, don't do this, don't do that. Oh, okay. And, and then they probably have an incident. So mm. it's about, I think, the mindset. You know, we are going to do a lot. We do an awful lot well. We're going to have a good day. 
uh, an approach in this situation with with the positive. You do a brilliant exercise with that um, exam score that oh, you right. yeah you yeah, know yeah, yeah. and one and, times one yeah and yeah. one times one uh, yeah, make, yeah. make tricks and, yeah. and you ask the audience to say well what's wrong with that and they yeah. said we well, got uh, the bottom one. last one wrong but mm. he said no actually I got eighty percent right yeah yeah I think it's a brilliant exercise mm. and I think it's really getting people to to shift their thinking to that way of thinking which will invariably have a positive effect on their day, mm -hmm. but also everybody else around them. Mm. That's really interesting. I, mean, I, um, I often uh, go on to sites into business and we have a look at things, um, these documents are called safe systems of work. So it's, yeah. how, it's how, you, how you're meant to do a job. And, and you often see that word don't in there. Mm. And, and I'm just thinking, well, what use is that to me? Because uh, I see it like, it's a bit like a, a recipe, I suppose, for making, a, um, for making a, a, an apple pie. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if the first line says, don't get any bananas. Mm. That ain't really helped us. No. It hasn't helped us at all, is it? Mm. And the second one says, don't get any pears. I think, well, you know, that hasn't helped me either. But if mm. it actually says, go and get some apples mm. and and go and get some pie yeah. <laughs> and put them together yeah. and you get your apple pie. Yeah. You can see I'm not a cook here. Yeah. But, you know, but it's much, much better. <laughs> I just already eat it. <laughs> but it's much, much better to, mm. uh, to just tell people yeah. the positives, yeah. you know, the positive things, yeah. the positive environment that we want to, we yeah. want to be working in. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to what we were discussing earlier about how people are we're intrinsically lazy in our communication mm. and, and, and like using the word why to seek more information, mm. we're using the word don't to prevent something or, or mm. to achieve an outcome that, that I wouldn't want. Mm -hmm. So rather than think on the outcome, it's a bit like the, the, the goal thing, mm -hmm. you know, rather than think, think or communicate in terms of the things that you don't want, mm. okay, so don't run away, mm -hmm. don't trip, don't do this, that or the other, that's where we sit most of our communication. And it's interesting. You know, I, I challenge you to listen to people, you know, and, and listen to how they talk. And you'll see this happens an awful lot. So rather than use the kind of the, the communication to describe what you don't want, use communication to describe what you do want. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I don't want my little boy to run off into the car park. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in order to get that, I'm going to ask him to hold my hand. Mm -hmm. I'm achieving the same thing, yeah. but I'm doing it in a in a desired state, and I do want him to hold my hand because mm -hmm. I want you to hold my hand because I want you to run away, mm -hmm. or you know I do want you to follow this procedure, you know. And I think a lot HR and I think health and safety gets a lot of bad press. A lot of people think about it from a, it's compliance, it's onerous, etc., mm -hmm. and it's it's bureaucracy and it's too overbearing for business. It's, it's it limits business. Well, I, I disagree. I used to think that many, many years ago, mm -hmm. but until I had a really good mentor and he kind of put me into shape and put me on this kind of path, and I realised actually, no, that most really super successful businesses, they describe what they want to have happen. Yep. Okay? Mm -hmm. Okay? And they also tell you and describe what they don't want to have happen, but they describe what they want to have happen in a positive way. Yeah. And the most super successful businesses I've seen, I've looked at and read and studied over the years, right from Henry Ford, who set up really arguably the production line, mm -hmm. Firestone, who turned their business around, McDonald's, mm -hmm. okay, yep. and or any other super successful business, the one thing they all have in common, they have, they have really good mechanisms and procedures and policies and structure in place which tells people in a desired way how they want it to end or out, get the outcome. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really a, an untapped key or resource. A lot of businesses are missing that they're so busy focused on describing in what they 
don't want mm -hmm. rather than what they do want. Yeah, the yeah. moment you start describing it in terms of what you do want, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think the whole dynamic just changes. Yeah. And that's right. I mean, again, really interesting. Again, from a from a health and safety side of it, you know, I see lots of uh, lots of organisations have things like Target Zero, yeah. and they're focusing in on you know even 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 though zero is is no incident, they're still focusing in on mm. the negative out. Yes. You know, they're focusing in on the accident. We're yeah. not going to have any accidents yeah. rather than saying we're going to have an environment where. Where people can communicate well, yeah. where we have good equipment, where you know if they if they bring something up, then they'll they'll be supported in their yeah. decisions. If you can get that environment yeah. working, then you're you're actually going to achieve that zero, you know. But it's doing it in a positive way. Yeah. It's about know? the weight loss thing. If you look on, you focus on being healthy, mm -hmm. you achieve the weight loss. It's, yeah. it's an easy trip. Mm -hmm. I think we even go on from that. If I was, if you know, I mean, I'm not obviously work in your area of field, you know, um, from a health safety point of view. But even to the point that. It's about getting people home at night safely. Mm -hmm. You know, as an employer, you've got a duty of care responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I would want all of my staff to be able to leave the house in the morning mm -hmm. confident in the knowledge they're going to return home to their family at night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, if you were to start asking people really at a deeper level what they value the most and what's the, the, the driver for the day, it's going to be family. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be the loved ones. Yeah, so talking about where you can come to work safe in the knowledge that you're going to return home to your family at night, mm -hmm. safe and well, mm -hmm. that's got to be a much, much better driver mm -hmm. than zero target, zero yeah. target, zero target, yeah. because yeah. it just changes the focus. So mm -hmm. uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, how do you feel about things like rules in the workplace then? Do you do you think there's a place for, for, for a business or an organisation to have rules? Uh, yes, I do, and, and there's a reason for that. Now, I'm all for letting people do their own thing, you mm -hmm. know, and being creative and giving people autonomy and, and the freedom to, to realise their potential, etc. But I think, you know, in, in a structured environment, to mobilise and be effective. I mean, some businesses do operate a very open book kind of, you know, mm -hmm. people can come and go where they want. Yep. And at the minute, we're seeing some companies are adopting a holiday policy, for example, have as much holiday as you like. Right, okay. You know, which is a complete, you know, shift. Mm -hmm. But what have they got? Have they got certain things they have to achieve to... Well, the job needs to get done, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously there is some commercials mm -hmm. linked to it, but, mm -hmm. you know, a few companies that we know now are starting to relax a holiday policy, so mm -hmm. you can take as much holiday as you like, but the, clearly the job needs to get done. Mm -hmm. But I think you do need rules, and, and this is why I think you need, need rules, is that most businesses are f we deal with, and you might feel the same from a health and safety point of view, that have issues or there's risk in the business is because somebody's doing something and they don't really fully appreciate or understand the consequences of their actions. Mm. We're in a bit of a, a cycle and a stage of life at the minute in society where people can do things, okay, uh, have a rant and a rave on social media or whatever, etc., and I don't think they fully appreciate or understand that there's going to be a consequence to that. Mm -hmm. And my view is that, yeah, you can do anything you like, but as long as you accept there's going to be a consequence, both positive and negative. Mm -hmm. So where you've, we've got staff members or business owners, for example, that are behaving in such a way that's having a negative effect on somebody else. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I say, look, live and let live. I'd love to do what I want, anybody else, as long as you don't affect anybody else. Mm -hmm. The moment you cross that boundary and I start to do something that affects you, okay, no, that's not acceptable, mm. you know, not unless you agree to it, yep. you know. Yep. So for me, as long as somebody does something and it doesn't affect anybody else, fine. But there are lots of employers and businesses, I'm sure we've both been into, whereby people or managers or whatever, et cetera, they're doing certain things that are having a knock-on effect for somebody else. Mm. 
individually, as a team, as a business. Mm-hmm. Now, the only, in my view, way in which you, you need you can manage that is having clear parameters about people's roles, responsibilities, what the do's and don'ts are. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, <coughs> in answer to you, I think you do need rules. Mm-hmm. More importantly, a lot of companies do have rules, okay, but there's no consequence factor. Mm. So people break the rules or go past the rule and there's no consequence. Mm-hmm. And, and and you're probably saying, we see uh, employers that have a, a an employee, a bit of a limit pusher, you know, will test the why every time and they'll not deal with it. Mm. And it starts to rumble on. Mm-hmm. And it might be something very it, trivial, like arriving five minutes late every day, mm-hmm. you know, but where you start to get that incremental creep of, well, it's five minutes late for him, then it's somebody else, or indeed that little standard <coughs> slips, mm-hmm. you know, it slips again, it slips again. From a health and safety point of view, it might then develop into something, they neglect something else, mm. which has a consequence, which then affects, put somebody at risk. Mm-hmm. So I believe, yes, rules, but you need that consequence factor. Very good example. We, we work with companies, obviously PPE is key. A lot of people know that if you don't come in with the right footwear, you don't cross the threshold, mm-hmm. you go home and get your boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty, that's an unspoken mm-hmm. right, it happens. Mm-hmm. But the amount of times people come in with the right boots, mm. don't wear eye protection, yeah, yeah, don't wear gloves, don't wear a mask. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's the difference? Yeah. So what I see a lot as well, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like this a weekend things change. Mm. So Monday to Friday, people wear mm. their gear, and then and then on a Saturday or a Sunday, say there's some mm. maintenance or something going on, yeah. and somebody will go in to have a quick look, go in and check, and then and they won't get, get up. Yeah. And it's into what you're talking about that um that creeping, you know, that 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 people being late. I, how I see it sometimes happening as well is, is is from a productivity perspective. So I was working with some guys and they had a rule that the, there was a certain speed limit on site. And an accident happened when this vehicle was going faster than it should have been. And immediately they, they pointed a finger at the guy mm. saying it was his fault for driving too fast. But in actual fact, when we sort of look back at it, that the, the business had tolerated that increase in speed mm. because it had actually given them better productivity, yeah. you know. And so they'd taken all the benefit. They'd taken all the benefit of that and, and, and hadn't, hadn't mm. stamped down on it. And what they should have done is they should have, if they were serious about, mm. about the speed, they should have dealt with it there and then. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And we've got lots of examples like that we could talk all day about. And, if the, the, and they go back to that consequence factor. And I would question, though, yeah, they were profiting or benefiting from that increase in speed or, you know, kind mm-hmm. of bending the rule, etc. But ultimately, it's ended them up, ended up them paying a price yeah, yeah, and definitely. paying heavily. Yeah. So if you work it back <laughs> over its entire yep. timescape, mm. it's probably cost negative. Yeah. And, and this is where we see where you've got people that do break rules. Mm-hmm. And as I say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big rule fan, but you've got to have it. I often, we hear, you know, the best salesperson, you know, they're oh, my best salesperson, you know, they've been speeding or whatever it is, or they, you know, they don't do the paperwork, or but they sell the most. Mm-hmm. But when you actually start drilling into the cost with regard to the disruption the number of credits, mm-hmm. the fact they have to employ another two admin people to mop, mop up all of the of the mistakes, you mm-hmm. know, the credit or the discount they're giving. And this is actually, I'm thinking of a real-life example whereby they had a salesperson and they did sell more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And, and they were very Machiavellian and it was a rule for them and a rule for everybody else. They were the kind of MDs, kind of protégé. Mm-hmm. They brought in an apprentice and went through the ranks, etc. So the MD just said, well, well, it's like there was a, you know, particularly with family members, this mm-hmm. happens. So you have an MD and the children work in the business, and they could be 30, 40, the children could be. 
they can't do no wrong. Mm. But when we actually looked into this star salesperson, the amount of disruption they were causing, one amongst the team, the mm-hmm. disaction amongst the team, and the amount of credits they would against them, the discount they were giving, the kind of admin person that that's employed to mop up after them, etc. When you actually looked at it from a commercial point of view, mm. so complete overhead, split it across the workforce, <coughs> etc. Find out what the true operational cost is. Yeah, yeah. Look at their sales. Look at the margin, etc. They mm. weren't the best salesperson by mm. a long way. Mm. Mm. They weren't. And if they were compromising themselves with certain parts of their job, <laughs> there's no doubt about it that they were compromising themselves with with their with their health and safety performance and, yeah. and environment and quality and everything. It all, it all comes out, doesn't it? it, all, it it's all come. It's all in there, isn't it? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because it's a few simple disciplines. Practice mm. every day is, is is the old route to success. Mm. A, a few areas in judgment. You know, um, if one goes, one discipline goes, they all go mm-hmm. eventually. You yeah. know, that's human psyche. Mm-hmm. So you, you're dead right. And I think in, in terms of the, 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 the area, that the spheres that we work in, very, very similar, where you've got people that are not prepared to kind of, or they are prepared rather to put themselves and others at risk, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big issue. That you know, Because there's going to be a consequence. Somebody innocent is going to pick up the price, a penalty. Mm-hmm. And in your game, or anybody's game, that could be death, mm, you know, right. it, it, right. it could be death, yeah, you know, yeah. but it doesn't have to be that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, focusing back to the, we want a happy, productive environment for everybody to come and, you know, and live and, and work and, you know, exist and we all get on, etc. For me, that's the way, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Definitely. No, definitely. And what you say there about, you know, doing, doing a, f- a small number of things really well, I re- that really resonates with yeah. me. You know, I go, I go into business and, and I see people do risk assessments and everything. Mm. And so, oh, you know, mm. just let's look at the things that can really cause you yeah. harm or cause you, you know, or can kill people. Yeah. You know, let's, but let's get bloody good at uh, how we, how we control those. Because yeah. you, you're not going to, you're not going to eliminate risk from the business. Mm. Risk is going to be there. So embrace it, mm. you know, and, and make it part of the way that you look at how you run your business. Yeah. But run those elements really well and make sure you've got some really good checks and balances for, mm. for those jobs that could, yeah. you know, so, that, so you're not relying on luck. You know, whatever it may be, you know, being, being really, really focused. Well, you mentioned the word luck there. Mm. Somebody gave me the definition of luck, and it's labour under correct knowledge. Okay. Which is about doing the right things, as yeah, you just said. Okay. Do yeah. the right things, yeah. you know. Yeah. Not saying that the right things always work out. Mm-hmm. So, again, take the failure element out of it. There's mm-hmm. no failure. Mm-hmm. But if you do the right things, okay, they might not work. Well, just change those things and come up with another recipe mm-hmm. to get you there. And yeah. constantly refine, constantly refine. The, um, we had a client a little while ago, three years ago, had a, a team of about f- 20, I think, and he had a, really five bad apples in, in, in the business. Mm-hmm. And I understand why business owners, managers, are very reluctant to sometimes grasp the prickly thorn, the disruptive person, mm-hmm. okay, the, the blocker in the business, mm-hmm. you know, Janice and accounts or whatever it might be, well, that's her money, can't, you know, can't mm-hmm. touch her, you know, she's yeah. always done it, you know, kind of thing. Or indeed somebody won't wear the PPE mm-hmm. or, you know, th- these people that kind of won't, I'm not saying anybody needs to conform, you know, kind of robotically, mm-hmm. but they had, he had about five people in the business who were disruptors. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I understand the way business owners are reluctant to take action and to deal with them because they fear that there's going to be a repercussion, you know, by way of, They'll walk, they'll not be able to deliver the business, they'll not make the money, you know, the business will be really compromised, etc. And I get all of that. And it's a perception that it's easy to let it slide and actually deal with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And believe me, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So 
part of the reason why I took the mediation training because I didn't like conflict. Mm-hmm. So I thought the best thing for me to help deal with that is to study mediation, become qualified and, and, and get right into dealing with conflict. Mm-hmm. So, and we don't like conflict, nobody does. So people are reluctant to do it because they probably can't communicate very well. So therefore they, they think it's going to be a bit of a bad scenario and generally that's the way it goes and that's the way it's been. Mm-hmm. So what we did, we started on a program to help this guy manage these five people in the business to become better. Mm-hmm. Okay, And we said to them, you have an expectation, the company has, it, has an expectation, but the company expectation is going to take precedent. Mm-hmm. And um, it was prickly, mm-hmm. it really, really was. However, the long story short is that we, man- we managed and we ended up exiting four of the five people from okay. the business yep. for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Speeding um, was one of them, you know, habitual speeder and different performance reasons, et cetera, et cetera. But so he was run, the business owner was running his business on a less staff, mm-hmm. but it became more profitable. Mm-hmm. It became more profitable because the whole team pulled their weight and actually found out actually they could cope. Yep. They all became more productive. Mm-hmm. It was a happier place to live. And they said to us, I'm more than happy to run my business on a lesser number of staff, making more money, mm-hmm. making more profit, and I can share that around the business now, mm-hmm. rather than having that extra headcount and it caused me loads more problems. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. why would you run a, a, a bigger business mm-hmm. with more people and have more problems mm-hmm. when you could run it on a lesser people, have less problems, mm-hmm. and make more profit? Yeah. And he sleeps at night now. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, I mean, that's really interesting, and it's um. I suppose it takes you to be able to step outside of the business a little bit and, and look at it yeah. to see that you've built up these areas where this, uh, there's this there's this slack, I suppose, isn't it? But completely. Mm-hmm. And going back to the kind of the weight loss analogy, mm-hmm. if you're constantly looking at what you don't want, yeah. you're constantly going to be drawn to it and associated mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. You know, so and I, and it is a challenge. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it can be easy. It can be not so easy. Mm-hmm. It all depends mm-hmm. where you're at. Mm-hmm. So... That 180 degree turn, thinking, well, that's the past. That's the, that doesn't serve me well. Let's mm-hmm. look at what we're going to end up with. Mm-hmm. For me, that's, a, that's getting business owners to make that change mm-hmm. and getting over the fear. Mm-hmm. You know, because because but fear. If you think about it in terms of fear, what's fear supposed to do? It's supposed to protect us. Mm-hmm. That fight or flight response. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're either going to stand up and have a go, or you're going to run away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fear. Though it manifests itself in a in a negative behavioural state, its primary drive is to look after us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. once you get to, I found once I got to understand that, well, actually, you know, I'm, it does scare me a little bit. But that's my defence mechanism. But really, really, what is going to happen? Mm-hmm. It's not going to kill me, is it? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm a bit more comfortable about that. So letting go of the, those associations, those limiting beliefs, yeah. you know, to let empower people to actually get the confidence back to say, yeah, actually, we can have a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really come important. back to confidence again. I love yeah. it. I love it. Um, I've got a question for you. Okay. Yeah. What do you think um, is the future for improved HR and health and safety performance? What's, um, you know, what, what do businesses need to, what are the, the, the number of things, I don't know, that businesses really need to focus on to make a real, a real difference to, to their performance? Well, I think, number one, it's kind of uh, education. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of misperception and conception about what health and safety and or HR can do for a business. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people still see it as a an onerous thing, you know, mm-hmm. compliance and it's, it's, it's legislation and it's not going to help our business run better. Mm-hmm. When actually, in fact, if you look at it, it's just like a toolkit. 
Mm. And going back to those super successful businesses over years, you know, Ford, Production, Firestone, McDonald's, etc., the things they all do really well is they have really mapped out, really clear systems. Yep. Mm-hmm. And people follow the systems. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and the more efficient you can make the system, the better it's going to run. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that you're suggesting you should make all businesses kind of depersonalised, etc. You need to have that personality, that, that creative stuff, people, people. Yep. But I think for the future, education to understand that actually health and safety and HR as individual disciplines or as a collective can actually put real money on the bottom line, real money on the bottom line, real mm. return on investment. You yep. know, yep. We often work with um, clients on sickness absence and we qualify first just how much the sickness absence is costing the business, mm-hmm. which is always a lot more than they think. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a very easy and tangible way mm-hmm. to demonstrate actually by decreasing the sickness rate, the absence rate right the way down, okay, that's putting money on the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Productivity goes up. Yep. Not saying it should be all about money because it, I think value in a business, mm-hmm. yes, there's a commercial value. A business does need to make money to, to live, to sustain. That's yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. But then... Think about in terms of what, <coughs> what can you do with that money? What mm-hmm. you can do with those surpluses, those reserves, etc. How can you enrich the business and the people in that business because they all have a, a share, a value in it, mm-hmm. and understanding that actually health and safety and HR collaboratively can actually demonstrably put money back on the bottom line mm-hmm. and look after those people. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. And in particular, what we are being asked at the minute, an awful lot, is how to recruit and retain the very best staff. Mm-hmm. Now, good people want to work for good places. Mm. If you want the best staff, they're probably in a place where, in a place where it's pretty good at the minute. They're not going to go to a lesser organisation. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, for example, a Formula One mechanic yep. isn't going to leave Formula One and go and work under the arches in a grease monkey shop, is he? No. Mm. He, they have a standard. So mm. if you want to attract the best people, you've got to push your standards. Mm. Raise, raise the expectations. Raise yeah. expe- or deliver on the expectation. Deliver on, like that, but, yeah. Because you remember that yeah. expectation mm. disappointment yeah, 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 equation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and that's the and probably the same. You know, you'll have people that totally buy into health and safety and they'll start to go on onto a site or an invi- work environment and health and safety is a bit laxing. That's going to make them nervous. Mm. They're going to think, hang on a minute. Yep. I don't really fancy working here because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at risk. Mm-hmm. They won't stay. They won't stay, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, same mm-hmm. as HR. What we often find, the people that, that, that invest lots of money into recruitment have a poor retention rate. <coughs> it's because the employee always says, X interview, it's not the job I was sold. This is not what I thought it was going to be like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've sold the business massively, done a brilliant job on selling the business. Yep. But in reality, they're not practicing what they preach. Mm-hmm. So you have this kind of disparity. Mm-hmm. And so people's expectations are not met. Mm-hmm. People are disappointed, mm-hmm. people leave. Mm. However, the good news is never, never, never have I seen a situation whereby somebody would be disparaging about an organisation doing their best. Mm. No. It, it doesn't happen, 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 does it? Happen, it doesn't happen at all. If you've got somebody, something, some company doing their best, mm. we're, we're massively forgiving. Mm. And I think if you are doing your best, you might not be as a business the the preferred supplier, the preferred, uh, the um, employer of choice, as we mm-hmm. call it. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're demonstrating to your staff and to the business and the suppliers and the customers that you are wanting to be and you're aspiring to be the employer, the supplier, the health and safety of choice, mm. people are going to get on it. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that, that's where it's really at for businesses to really grow. Mm-hmm. Now. 
No, really fantastic. Fantastic. Mm. What's your business really, really focusing on at the moment then? Recruitment retention. Yep. Because we're getting asked about it lots. Mm-hmm. There is a skill shortage. There is uh, record re- levels of employment at the minute. Mm-hmm. R- record levels of unemployment, low le- unemployment. Um, we have people, foreign nationals, leaving the country. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always been a skills gap. I, I was speaking to an engineer, um, old timer, you know, kind of sixty years in, you know, kind of uh, a couple of months ago, and he said he had the same problem back in the forties and the fifties and etc. When the business was starting, etc. So attracting really good people has always been a problem, you know, getting mm-hmm. the you know challenge. But I think with the compounding kind of social issues, the commercial issues, the political issues at the minute, finding really good people, because people want to grow their businesses and they want to grow them sustainably, mm-hmm. you know, um, finding and retaining staff are the two big things at the minute we're getting asked. So mm-hmm. we're, we're very much focused on that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're in the process of developing, we've always done it, recruitment um, for our clients, but we're actually um, modeling that down to keeping recruitment simple now. Okay. As, so that's <coughs> one part of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, from a business point of view, existing customers, you know, looking after them, mm-hmm. you know, every day we'd look to keep a customer or attract a new customer. Okay. It's all about keeping a customer or attracting a new customer. Yeah, like yep. That's our existing customer base. Um, strategic partnerships, we, we want to work with less people, mm-hmm. but do better work with them, yep. you know, to support mm-hmm. how, how we can help our suppliers, our kind of associates, how we can help better mm-hmm. to support them, how we can add value to their business. And just really developing kind of new stuff, but new stuff we want to do, customers we want to work with. We're mm-hmm. being quite selective, to be honest. No, that's really. Um, um, I totally like that. I think that's a great. You know, you want you want to be working with people that you want to work with. Don't you? Yeah, you know, without a doubt. Interestingly, the, 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 we both belong to a business group, don't we? And we had a bit of a round table, uh, one conversation. I'm not sure if you were there or not, but I don't even remember that one of the key things that came out of the conversation was the clients we were looking for. It was very. It was like, it was attitude. Mm. They had the right attitude. Yeah, that's no, so important. So it's important. all about thinking, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Jason, where can um, how do people get hold of you? Where where do they go to, to find out about you and your business? Uh, very simple. Um, website is, is the main shop window. It's www.keepinghrsimple, all one word, all our case, mm-hmm. .co.uk. Mm-hmm. We're Peterborough-based. We work predominantly an hour, hour and a half radius of Peterborough, but we have got customers all over. Hit the website, phone and emails on there. Um, so yeah, easy to find. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you very much. Pleasure. That's been great. Pleasure. It's been great. So what did you think of that? It was really lovely just sitting down with Jason and just having a really just having almost like a chilled out chat. We um we just took an office uh, in the, in the complex that we work in, and uh, Aaron Aaron Quarter God that um absolutely absolutely flew by. Uh, great stuff though. We we spoke uh, a lot about this. NLP work um, that he's looking to do and and for me from my perspective you know changing that focus you know I'm a big guy so changing that focus away from trying to lose weight to to maybe just trying to eat healthy god it sounds easy doesn't it but you know but getting your mindset around that getting your mindset around doing things that are the right things for you to do to ultimately get the the aim that you want is really really important when we started to move on about uh, you know about the important things that uh, to do in HR, the important things to do in health and safety, you know, communication sort of came out there. So important, you know, if you can concentrate, if you can get your communication right in your business, then you're going to have a much much better business. You can't spend enough time talking to the people who are actually out there doing the doing in your business. So you know, really make that a focus of what you're going to do for the uh, you know for the rest of the time that you're in business. 
you know, I'd really like to thank uh, Jason for his time. He, uh, he gave some information on how you can get hold of him. So, uh, you know, please take that opportunity to search him out, to get in touch with him if you've got any HR uh, HR needs. And, um, you know, we look forward to chatting to him again. We, we spoke a little bit saying that, um, you know, we're going to do a little bit on visions and values, um, which I think will be really, really interesting. So um, we're looking to do that later on in the, uh, in the year. Hey, have a great day. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety Community or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business.